CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sun Joke All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sun Joke All. Hello, listeners, and welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTRLive, and look for this show as hashtag Agility. Today's topic is why IT should move at two speeds. And our guests for today's show are Richard Thomas, who is the CIO and Global Head of Technology Solutions at Quintiles. Good morning, Richard. How are you? Hey, good morning, Sanjo. Good morning. Great to be here. Very good. Thank you. Great. Great to have you. And also we have Gavin Nichols, who is the Vice President of Strategy, uh, Enterprise Architecture and R&D Innovation IT, also with Quintiles. How are you, Gavin? I'm fine. Thank you very much. Good to meet you, Sanjo. Great, great to have both of you. I'm sure uh, the work uh, is taking you to places and also getting a lot of innovation going in your organization. Now, what we wanted to do today is we wanted to talk about two-speed IT and the idea of having a fast track and slow track for IT to both innovate and mitigate risk associated with business critical operations. So we view it as very much like a mountain bike equipped with, uh, uh, basically equipped to handle both tough and slow terrains and, and slick speedy downhill safely. And we wanted to just see how this concept holds up. So starting with you, Richard, the first question that IT has always been and is still under a lot of pressure. And we want to move at a very fast pace. In fact, in some cases, a dizzying space. Is this something that we are able to cope up with or are we playing catch up all the time? It's a very good question. And I think it's worth pointing out. In 1993, I did the British Mountain Bike Championships. So I I probably have some 20-year-old knowledge about the bike and how things have changed over the years there. But in many ways... It's a great time to be in IT. Why is it a great time to be in IT? There's so much change going on around us. And that endless argument and discussion that we in IT get into about relevance with our business units that we serve and relevance with the customers that the companies that we work for, that the company serves, I think it's a great convergence point right now where at one level, the pace of IT is somewhat about being uh, consistent. It's about being safe and trusted and reliable, and who wouldn't want that in their business? The the technology platforms, they just have to work, right? They just have to be there, and they always have to be on. But the world has changed, and as an IT professional now, what better place to be than in the, right in the middle of that nexus of social change with technologies coming through there, uh, mobility being high, consumerization with the 99-cent app that does everything you 50 million dollar app will do in theory and we can explore that um, but that nexus of consistent and steady pace and a good cadence versus the sprints and push and uh, drive for the finish line with some perhaps innovative ways of thinking about the same old problems or about embracing opportunities that are right there in front of you and it's a case of well, who takes on the sprint to get to that opportunity is it the IT group just because it has technology in the title, does that mean the IT group has to be the one? Or is it okay for a line of business, um, a rogue area, if you will, within your business to take on that mantle of driving the uh, 
driving the bike hard towards that opportunity and to that value that you can see there. So I think there's probably multiple speeds here, Sanjog, as we consider this. And uh, the most important one is probably that steady cadence of make sure that things work. Because if you don't do that, things start to fall apart very, very quickly and the innovation goes out the window as you have to focus your attention on business as usual. Now, Gavin, uh, Rich, by the way, thank you. This is a great response. And when you say that we have to make sure that the things work, and I'll pick up on that point. So, Gavin, when you look at the world out there, and especially the business, business wants to move, move at a much faster pace than it has ever tried to before. And it assumes that what is supposed to work will work because that's why you get an IT or paycheck. But now you need to get your bonus in order for, for you to get that or earn that. You have to do things which are over and beyond what has been happening just to making things work. And they want to not take an answer to say we still have that monolithic corporate structure in IT, which essentially wants to centrally funnel everything through that particular filter. And only then we will accept a request, et cetera. And that's why perhaps they are trying to go on their own. Yeah, and I think part of the response to that, I think in any uh, technology organization which is um, responsive and trusted by the business, I think actually the first part of that is guidance from the technology group back to that business on, you know, just because we can go fast, should we go fast? A little bit back to Richard's comment around the 99 cents app. I think, though, if, if you do identify areas to go fast, I think about the Clayton Christian you know, innovator's dilemma around you know, the two S curves. And I think where business wants to go fast, it's, it's generally in that disruptive innovation. It wants to jump to the second S curve, as, as Clayton Christian defines it. And I think by doing that, when it jumps to that second S curve, the bottom of that is where you have to go fast. And so I think organizations that think about, constantly thinking about those two S-curves and actually establishing their organizations around it, say, okay, the first S-curve is about that predictability, the efficiency, um, but my second S-curve is about how I want to go fast and how I need to be neon, and ultimately that will become the next S-curve and move back into much more of a, a sustained, um, uh, efficient environment. I think that's how you need to respond um, to that question. So, uh, Richard, when you look at the way we have been running uh, technology, our IT department to be specific, we want to make sure that we have certain compliance, certain, uh, you can say, method to the madness. And we have perhaps in some cases, I would not overgeneralize, but in many cases, we have put rules which, yes, would give you the predictability, but it cannibalizes the agility and the ability for a business person to say, I want this yesterday because it has a direct impact on my hard ROI or goodwill, et cetera, et cetera, and innovation or getting competitive advantage. But since we are chained with that old style uh, compliance and, and the structure, can we break those shackles and let the business directly get access to where IT can truly start creating value? Well, I think that there's some, probably some good examples I can share where, at a simple level, I can remember an implementation of Salesforce.com, one of the early innovators, if you will, in all things cloud, and many often team have done a nice job of making it relatively simple and allowing a business organization 
and I've seen this here at my company, Quintiles, where our, um, our sales organization are very happy with Salesforce in terms of the way that we have it set up. They pretty much manage the show. There's an IT involvement, but I wouldn't say it's heavy. Um, we have some basic controls in place that make it compliant. So I think you can get the balance right of having all of the compliance elements that one would expect in a well-run organization, but at the same time, be able to lose those shackles in terms of moving quickly, making some selections. And, and as I said at the very beginning, it's a great time to be in IT because enablement through things like cloud, it does allow us to go faster, but there's a, a hidden thread in there, which is that the way you think about how do I go faster and the way that you have your teams think about how can I embrace change here, because let's face it, this is about change and doing things differently, um, really need to consider those things because what's right for one group in terms of the core IT, if you will, and getting that cadence and trust and reliability and so on, I think that's good there, but these pockets that then go and break out and start to chart a course in the brave new world, maybe work directly with the business line or even enable and let go the business line, um, needs a special type of individual or team of individuals that will think differently. And perhaps we can explore uh, as we talk this morning around well, well, what are the attributes there? What, what makes a person tick that can have that happen? But I think that the most important thread, especially as a CIO in this seat, is the, uh, the mindset of being able to let it go and to actually trust the business line with some oversight and with some element of compliance and method to the madness, to use uh, your word, Sanjog, um, to have that ability to let it go because you know that if it's successful, it's going to be a good thing for your organization. And thanks, Michelle. I go slightly further on that, Richard. I think, you know, the implication of going fast, I think, implies you are going to break some rules. So knowing that going in and saying, actually, I'm going to go fast, you know, it does mean that you may have to set that up separately. I think there is implied a, a different set of individuals, a different set of metrics, different set of goals, and also a different set of understanding that they're going to break the rules as they go along. Now, how that comes back and how you start to fuse those two parts of the organization back together, I think that's, a, that's actually a bigger question. But the ability to go fast, I think, is, is fairly clear, and, and it is about breaking some rules along the way which Gavin generally does on a daily basis. <laughs> so business is assuming riding the bike. So it wants to control the gears versus somebody else coming and doing it. And end user feedback is the best form of honest feedback. So why not let business change the gears? And why not us, instead of saying, this is good for IT versus this is not good for IT, let business drive in how many speeds it wants IT, which is nothing else but a resource, to deliver to its needs? Richard? I think that in any well-run IT organization, you've got elements of all of those pieces in play every day. So governance over where technology funding is spent, uh, how things are put together in the day-to-day -day operational grind of running a small or a large IT shop. I don't think that it's uh, that different there to make sure that you're constantly aligned with growing your business, running your business, and having a very solid, uh, tried and tested, efficient setup. But when it comes to then, okay, so a business line wants to get on the bike and ride the bike, 
that's where it gets interesting because it's one of those, it depends. Are we trying something that's truly brave new world, truly out there? We're going to go into some white space, into some blue sky, and we're going to create something. How are we going to do that? Or is it, I think you can fall back from an event horizon which is really groundbreaking and really new and come back into, or am I trying to embrace some things technologically that I want to bring into the company very, very quickly? And now I'm into a fast fail. I, I want to try some things. I want to have a safety net, very important, because when you're out in blue sky, there's rarely a safety net under there. Or is it coming much closer into a departmental level decision that I just want to use that tool set? And it may be more efficient for the business line to set that up and to run it on their own, change the gears, use the brakes, turn the light on at night. Uh, lots of analogies, I'm sure, that we can put out there. But there's at least three or four different chunks here, I think, that we could look at separately. And each one comes with a different approach, probably a different mindset in terms of the individuals. But it's also a team sport. I don't think it's as simple as, here you go, business line, off you go, knock yourself out. It's much more around what's the right touch, business and IT, on that bike to make it go fast and to get to the destination without getting some grazed knees or a, something broken along the way. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd add there's, there's a way of approaching it. I think, firstly, you shouldn't be afraid of, no one should be afraid of the business you know, riding the bike. I think, though, it's done in, in partnership, and you know, to, to use your bicycle analogy, we need to provide the stabilizers for um, the business groups. One of the ways that we do this here is we, certainly when we're looking at doing things fast, we actually do things like simulations very early. Now, what that does is it allows the, the business people to kind of test drive, to steer the direction. We do that in very fast cycles. So I think one of the things about going fast is, Allowing the business to see it early, see it early and then react to it and then change direction. So that's really like riding a bike is that do I have to switch gears, do I have to course correct, do I have to do that very rapidly. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And, and then let's, let's talk about this two-speed IT concept. So if it, there's a bike and which is going on a terrain and every terrain could be a different one, could just a two-speed work well? And if at all, it is just two speeds, how do you make sure that those are clearly defined and accepted and approved by the business because they are the ones who are going to be sitting and riding on it? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to HP.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. 
The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, Gavin, let me start with you in terms of this whole concept of two-speed IT. A lot of people have perhaps written articles about it, and we have to explore to see whether it is truly a two-speed uh, that we have to introduce or it's a multi-speed bike, and, and why not have business run it the way it wants versus us again trying to control that command and control mentality simply is not going away, it looks like, with IT folks. Yeah, I think the first thing maybe to think about in the concept there is um, I think two-speed may be the wrong way to think about it. Actually, I think maybe a better way to think about it is actually two bikes. You know, there's a bike with a very big gearing that, you know, is is very, you know, um, resilient. It's heavyweight. You know, it, it will, you know it will get you there. It will last you forever. Um, and it's geared in a certain way. And on the other side of that, you've got a, a bike that, it has different gearing, has made of maybe made of carbon, has been you know, um has been R and D, it's been developed, it's been changed along the way, you know, it may fall apart, you know, just as it gets across the finish line, um but it goes a lot faster and it's a, a lot more lightweight. So uh, I, I certainly think there's maybe two bikes in, involved here. I think when you look at an IT organization and whether it can do that, um it certainly can. Um, I think, though, it's, it may not just be two, it may be three or four. Um, I think the number of speeds is, is um, related to the mission at hand, how fast the business wants to go, how many different ways that they want to approach uh, what they want to do. Again, whether it's just incremental change, disruptive change. Um, I think as you start to add in uh, venturing with other organizations, then you, you get actually maybe a third bike going. It's going at a very different speed as well. I think all of those aspects, though, um, a good organize, uh, IT organization that can do that has to have a concept which is around you know being comfortable with letting it go at different speeds. And ultimately, um, the you know the R&D bike, the, um, the the very fast bike, will ultimately become you know that, that dependable bike as well. So it has to be let go from the the R&D people and the fast people to the more productionized type of thing. So um, do we need to? And uh, this is this is a question for you, Richard. Do we need to really hold the bike as if I would do with my child? 
as they are trying to learn how to ride the bike and let business eventually take control and you get your two weeks vacation to Hawaii, still getting getting your paycheck. <laughs> two weeks in Hawaii would be very nice right now. So I think the, the whole concept here of enabling a piece of our business, um, maybe a whole division, and then letting it go is a great way of looking at things. And as you look further out there, there may be some things that even you do with your customers, where you build something together and ultimately let that go. But it is all around, I like Gavin's analogy of putting some training wheels on, maybe holding the seat. Um, my five-year-old learned to ride her bike this year, and it was a case of take the training wheels off, hold on to that seat, run along a field, because if you fall, you're not going to graze your knees because it was grass, and it was flat, so no hills yet, so no need to really develop uh, the muscles to get up a hill, and no downhills either, which is terrifying, unless you, you, you've been there before, and you've done it a few times and the slope of that downhill can be extremely terrifying and I think IT is no different that you're trying to create an environment with the right level of safety net in order that you can go for a goal and if it doesn't work then you can pick up the pieces there's not going to be any grazed knees and hopefully nothing more serious than uh, perhaps a, a bit of pride because you thought something would work and it didn't work but then I think the fast fail mentality has to kick in as well that if you don't push the envelope, then you're not really going to run into those scenarios where failure is okay and rewarding failure is okay because that's where you are charting a course into new territory. But as you come up that curve of, uh, of really being out there versus closer in day by day, isn't an ultimate goal to have business lines have far more um, control of the gears, the pedals beyond that bike with technology. As technology lends itself to be simpler, less sophisticated compared to some of the things that we have to run today, and also as those technologies move to be run by others. And so we look at what's core to an organization and what's not. And it would be a great world to be in where you could buy by the drink the capabilities needed to run some pieces of your organization and it is a business line decision. It's almost a procurement-led discussion about a rate card of what am I buying, what am I doing. It's very different then when you get out onto the innovation and push the envelope side of the house where you're really looking at your organization and thinking about almost with a venture mindset. Where am I going? Where's my industry going? And what's my role in all of this? Where do I want to be? And to Gavin's point on the S-curves, that second S-curve is very, very important to have a good line of sight of where that is, not just as an IT organization, but as a business overall, and then be able to plot against it. Okay, so what's my role? What's my response? What am I doing here? And I think that's the perfect blend of a technology organization working with a business line and ideally working with industry partners and customers. I'd go further than to say that the business IT relationship is extremely important. But in today's world, ever connected, socially integrated from a tech perspective, Surely it's as important to be connected with your customers now and to understand and take a mile in their shoes to really see the problems that they face, regardless of what industry uh, you're in and who your customer is that you ultimately serve. So, uh, Gavin, what if we assume uh, a simulated conversation going on between two business users or perhaps one of their customers? And IT is not present in that room. But in order to deliver value, whether internally within an organization or to the customer, they will need to use technology. 
how would you like to see IT simplified? Its consumption, the way you would bring it into the mix, easy enough so that business folks are not always calling upon you or Richard to say, guys, this is over my head, I'm deer in headlights, and, and we need to get you involved. So if you make bring autonomy among business folks while they're discussing business and they can choose how they would use IT, that's nirvana. Yeah. How do we achieve that? Yeah, I think you've you actually hit up some analogies. I think, you know, the, the you know, you, your daughter you know, teaching her how to ride the bike, you know, it's a light touch. I mean, you're not actually, you know, steering the bike for her. It's the same with business. I think there's that light touch engagement. Make make sure that the business knows you're there. Um, and I think then it's easier to actually get that engagement, to make sure that you have a seat on, on, on you know, in those discussions. I think, though, actually one of the things that, a journey that I think we here in Quintiles have been on for a long time inside IT is it doesn't happen overnight. There's actually a, a process you have to go through in an IT organization to, you know, deliver, establish credibility, build trust, become relevant, become a business partner, and actually then get to a point of a business advisor. I think once you get to that point of a business advisor, actually that helps you go faster because you're trusted to, you know, ride without a safety net. But I think what it also does is it starts to, and we've certainly seen this, it starts to really blur the line between IT and business. In fact, actually, we've started now to say, you know, there isn't a difference between IT and the business. When we establish some of these fast-moving projects, the first thing we do is we will take someone from, you know, our core business domain and we'll surround them with technologists who can actually take things forward. But the vision and the drive is actually done by that person who's from the business. The corollary to that as well is that we're finding more and more often, uh, to your point, uh, technology people are being asked by the business to be, to be in those conversations very early on because they understand that we're trusted advisors and actually that we have um, a, a viewpoint that can aid in the conversations. Nevertheless, so Gavin, I, mean, I think... Sorry. Yeah, so Gavin, what you just said is, is of course, the direction where we are moving today, where we are trying to become an advisor. I am saying that if a discussion is going on among business people and they want to include IT, we don't want IT people in there and they understand it has been simplified enough that we will use the the two-gear model or a six-gear model of IT or two-speed IT or the fast or the slow model, and it's made simple enough so that they make the decision. And it's not to, to, to basically pull you out of that room. It is essentially not needed because you've simplified it for them. Because we are trying to say we, we want to be included in discussion, and I'm saying how about letting them make their own decision, run their own IT, for the things that they want to do so that you do not have always a more than spelling plate. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And I think actually if you look back over history in IT, we as IT technologists have always done that, you know, from 20 years ago when we were installing, you know, WordPerfect on, you know, secretaries' laptops and then showing them how to actually do spell correct. You know, when was the last time that any of us were actually doing that? I mean, it's become much more automated. I think, but it will always... We'll always be involved, but we'll be involved at different levels. So I think you're right. It's, it's that back to that, the, the different bikes. Is as soon as you've you know developed the next one and gone faster, and you've handed, you've let it go, and you've handed it back to the business, and the business is now riding that bike on their own. 
you're off onto the next bike. And so I think that next level of, you know, value creation that a technologist can bring to any business, I think that's, that's the next step. So constantly letting go, constantly looking at the next, that next faster bike, um, but constantly wanting to get out of and allow the business to, to, to drive itself. I think that's an absolute laudable game. So wouldn't it be beautiful, Richard, if IT and IT people were separated and IT still ran well? be a beautiful thing. be a beautiful thing. I think you've got – I fall back here to there's the core activities that as we think two, three, five – I think we can just debate on the timeline, not on the outcome – that we will see a lot more service provision by – parties outside the four walls of the company that we all work for, whoever that organization might be, and that over time, probably that environment will consolidate as well, and there'll be a small number of large players providing some fairly chunky infrastructure and desktop and mail and so on type services, as well as some of the services that right above. And the real nexus then is how do you manage that, and then how do you line that up in a very different way with the needs of probably an evolving business, because since 2008, I've enjoyed the pace of change, which has accelerated, I think, across business lines. Um, we will probably reach that event horizon there where is there a difference? It's a real blur, and we start to see the emergence of the new CIO, if you will, which is a unique blend of the traditional CIO skills, which I think are dying on the vine a little bit here, combined with the CTO-type skills to be able to go quite deep inside the technology stack and not just live in the periphery and general management, but then combining that with innovation as well and really understanding where an industry is headed and trying to take a few steps to be ahead and then bring that back into the company and be an active participant with every business line. And that should be the role of the future IT professional is to be in that conversation and not necessarily in some of the conversations that have had to exist over the years around running the base infrastructure running the base platforms, and basically that big gear wheel of just keep things going, reliable and consistent. I think we're going to be in a very different world, and that horizon is probably coming at, a, coming at us faster than we all uh, appreciate and realize. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And, uh, Gavin, when we come back, how about, I mean, what we, what we painted right now is a utopic picture of where we want to head, so it is a great start. Now, if you had to build that two-speed IT or three-speed IT or whatever that number of speeds that we need in IT, let's try to see if we can define it. And if we say what, what will happen and how will we create these very clear uh, separation among the different speed at which IT model or IT framework would exist, which will then be easily explained to the business. First, we will, we will ace that to make sure that it executes well. And then you hand it over to business and let them uh, ride it, ride that two-speed bike. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. 
Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to HP.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, Gavin, when we look at this two-speed uh, IT model, can we somehow give it a structure, the clarity and predictability and repeatability so that business can run it itself? Yeah. So I think a good, a good way to, to talk about it is uh, let me take a few minutes to talk to you about a, um, a very personal example for me that, that actually has played out over the last you know, four or five years. Um, we had an opportunity about five years ago to um, do a co-development with a very large pharmaceutical uh, partner of ours. Um, and we both thought about, you know, this organization breaking new ground and actually going after the, some of the big challenges in the pharmaceutical development and design space. Um, and to do that, we actually realized that the organization had to run at a different pace and had to deliver faster than they'd ever done before. So to do that, we actually established... Um, a separate group, separate from both organizations, you know, very much uh, you know, in the spirit of a, um, a startup group. Uh, nevertheless, it still had line reporting back to the two parent organizations, but it was separated. Actually, I moved across country to uh, Indianapolis, um, and we established a mindset which was really much about um, delivery quickly. We established the concepts of, of simulation and see it fast, uh, agile delivery, so the organization, I think, still um, runs at a five-week you know, delivery cycle, so it goes very fast, but it goes after a small chunk, so it has a big vision, but it goes after it pretty quickly. And so we did that for about two and a half, three years. It's now got to the point where three years ago, we actually established a completely new business line that actually has now been um, fully staffed by um, uh, a business owner. It has its own P&L. It now actually offers the same, you know, great services to 
the rest of the whole industry and has actually created a value proposition, you know, for all the stakeholders involved, as also the marketing. Because ultimately it was about how do you actually improve the design of trials, which is, is good for everyone. Um, but that's an absolute lesson for me about how you actually establish it. So clear clarity of vision, give it different rules, get the right type of people on it, go lean, go small, go fast, you know, be successful. And then once you've got proof of principle, get the, pe the business involved and then let it go. And so it's been now 18 months since I've had actually anything to do with the initiative. It's running on its own now. And of course, I'm now on to the second and third uh, initiatives, which are now following on a very similar uh, method and pattern. So, Richard, when you look at the kind of example Gavin provided where you wanted to do innovation, so you separate them out. Now, that's that's more abstraction from the core IT. What if we were to fundamentally rethink IT so that it itself, not only when there is a need to innovate, is when it, it spawns out uh, you know, a separate group. Instead, it creates a very logical pace at which separate functions work in order to make the business hum and then make that model and framework available, easily to understand and adopt and embrace and utilize by the business. So the, the model that Gavin described is the is the far right, if you like, of a scale of try things out and create new things here using technology. As you step that in and we think about an organization, a process, a structure, and a whole way of doing business here, the way I think about it and the way that we have organized ourselves at Quintiles is that we have some core capabilities in IT, which is that one speed of consistent, reliable, um, efficient, trusted, and that, that's big. That's big. That's business continuity for, for our business here, and I think that's akin to any business. As we step away from that, we have at Quintiles uh, a few organizations in IT that step much closer in and lean in to our business lines and play an active role in defining and developing products and offerings and services and step all the way through to that end point that Gavin described where we will actually break away and break off some pieces of the organization, which is a different mindset, a different uh, gene pool, if you will, in terms of how folks are wired to go after very quickly these special projects that are on the periphery. And it's risky being out there. Uh, you, you generally don't have that safety net. So stepping back in, we here have several pieces of organization that are tasked with different missions. And I think that comes back to then the speed that uh, the bike goes at. I think there's probably at least three different bikes I'm trying to describe here with the lightweight carbon fiber. It'll probably break on the wrong course at the far end where Gavin is. And then at the... Uh, the core of the organization, it's that very reliable bike. But the nice thing here is that the innovations that we create and the value that's created inside each business line, they flow backwards nicely from being on that edge into a middle ground with our products, platform services, offerings, and so on. And then that flows nicely back into the core as well. Because let's face it, today's innovation is probably going to be tomorrow's commodity. And we, we know that. And that's the hardest thing in the world. I've seen this with Gavin personally, working closely with him now for many years. It's hard to let go. It's really tough when you've created something that's unique, something that's special and has great value, and you put your blood, sweat, tears, and life into it. 
to let that go, and whether it's a business unit or putting it into a business line or putting it outside and let someone else run it. One thing we've seen here is that that 24-7 focus on the challenge in hand, many business lines have that. Within IT, we're often too stretched. We're trying to do too many things, and we don't always see all sides of the, the problem, which is where co-create with business lines great, but with a customer is truly, it opens one's eyes to the challenges all around, and I think you end up with a better product then as a result at the end of it. So fewer things done better could be the mantra for IT. And what if, and this is for you, Gavin, what if IT was thinking like a parent and they want the, the, all the love and you know, the caring that they want to give to their children, but at some point they want them to spread their wings and start doing things on their own so that they can take a sigh of relief. Somebody told me, I've got kids, that once they are born, you're hooked for till they're 30 or 26 or whenever they are ready to spread their wings and go out. Would you not want to do that? Would you not want to enable them and let them be on their own and you got fewer things on your plate then? Yeah, I, and I think it's and I think that the child analogy is is, is a very good one because um, I think you know it, I suppose the question is what kind of parent do you want to be, um, you know, and, and what what do you want your children to think? About <laughs> grow up. There's, there's that aspect as well. Um, I think you know a, any parent really wants their child children to be successful, uh, and so you have to establish learning moments. You know, it's it's done in a series. Vich uh, was talking about teaching his daughter how to ride the bike and did it with stabilizers. Um, taught my, my daughter how to ride a bike by taking the, the pedals off and, you know, and she didn't have the signal. So maybe I'm a, a little bit more risk taker in, in my parenting style than Richard. Um, I think, though, ultimately, though, you want them to be self-sustaining, be, have, you know, strong qualities in what they do. And it's the same with, with IT. You know, if, if, if you establish it, the, the business you know, can, you know, drive itself, drive value itself, can stand up to itself. Um, you know, I think like Richard, I've got a number of children. And, you know, you, 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 know you, you, you focus on the next one. Um, not, not to say that I would ever not focus on all my children. Um, I love them all equally. Um, but, yes, I think ultimately you want to... Um, Establish them that they can stand on their own two feet, but that's really by you know, challenging them, putting them through some tests, establishing some learning moments, and then you know let them go. So, Richard, would you think that this whole two-speed IT model is specifically more relevant to a particular type of industry or environment, or this could be a recipe which, in its own uh, way, can be adopted across all companies, all industries, all departments? Sanjog, I think that it's a, it's, a, it's a fundamental and tectonic shift which is taking place in IT. I do think it spans industries, geographies, pretty much any demographic I think we can throw at it. It's the shifting nature of technology, uh, greatly enabled by some of the products and service organizations that are out there today that didn't exist, let's face it, uh, five, six, seven years ago. And will be further enabled by innovation that's going to come at us on probably three to six month cycles versus a couple of years for the traditional software vendors that have been in the space for a long, long time. And so trying to get IT, it's the evolution of IT on that second or third S-curve, if we use that analogy. What's it going to look like? How's it going to work? It's not for everybody. 
is very different in terms of when you're living on the, the front lines with a business and you see through a lens that is uniquely focused on your customer and your ability to serve the customer in a predictable, reliable, high-quality way. I mean, we don't, we'd all want these good outcomes. I think it, it, it means that the IT professional of the future, that mold is changing. That mold is shifting. And if we look at, for example, the security profession right now, probably the most underserved segment of the IT professional uh, industry in terms of the number of folks we need versus the number of folks that are out there. And look at the talents that we're looking for there. We're looking for the ability to communicate. We're looking for the ability to translate problem into something that can be described and mitigated against, so risk management and so on. And it's fascinating to see how that segment of our industry has evolved, the IT profession, but then roll that forward into the bigger IT. I think the analogy of the multi-speed IT is probably the shifting nature of IT moving from Perhaps others will be running that big, heavy cadence bike because there'll be some that can do that very well. And then the lightweight special forces, if you will, special project uh, teams, they're embedded inside our business lines. And maybe they work for the leadership inside our business lines as well. You know, the emergence of the, the marketing department having more IT capability than IT in some companies. But I do think it transcends industries, geographies, and any other demographics that we can throw at it, Sanjay? Let's take a quick break, listeners, when we come back. Uh, let's, let's look at the fact where devil is in the detail and is in the execution. And I'm sure listeners listening to this, the segment so far would say, awesome, this is a great idea, and let me see what can be done. So how about sharing some of the ways this can be actually executed in terms of what changes in people, process, and technology, and mindset, and politics, and pocketbook, or funding will need to change in order to provide this two-speed IT bike First of all, create it, let it run predictably, and then hand it over to business. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. 
transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So getting to the brass tax, Gavin, what would you do to set something like this up in terms of two-speed or maybe a different speed IT uh, department? What would you do in terms of people, process, policy, pocketbook, which is your funding, and even changing the political environment so that this does start happening? Yeah, I mean, and, and to, there's, a, there's a lot there, and, and some of them are easier than others. I'd, I'd say the first one, actually, which I, I found the, the easiest, but you know, if you'd come out the right way, is actually the people side of things. Because I think when you talk about two-speed uh, organizations and you talk about the, the how you drive success, so one being you know, a much more about consistency, you know, reliability, trusted you know, processes following the rules, the type of individuals who fit into that, what I found is the people who grate against that, those people who like change, who love ambiguity, who are desperate to, to reinvent the world, they generally self-select themselves. And, and, and they're generally pretty good when you, you take them into that, you know, a, a different place of organization. So I think if you can cultivate those into a, a, a part of the organization, that could be anything from app dev to infrastructure to you know, business analysis to, to, to visioning. I think that's, that's the first stage. I, I think then on the policy, um, as I said earlier, I think the policies are completely different. In fact, actually, I wouldn't, I'd throw away the rule book you know, on the second one and recreate a new rule book. You know, the policies have to be set at a different level. So I think FAST is about you know, getting 80% there. It's not about getting 100% there. It's about failure, and failure is good. You know, it's about speed being um, the metric of choice. Um, it's about transparency and, and, you know, knowing that you can make decisions. And it's about you know, embracing and working, you know, you know, side by side with the business. Again, that creates its own set of policy and governance points of view. Uh, I think on the funding, um, I think actually going fast and doing these things actually allows you to to have different funding methods. I think there's a tradition that part of it you'd have you have to fund a thing from central budget. I mean, you know, but it's but it's a small part of the central budget. I think going fast allows you to be creative because there are organizations and parts of the business that want to do things with you. So doing partnership either with you know, um, innovative parts of the business or do it with clients, and this is where you start to think about more of the venturing, because it's a, a venturing approach and a venturing mindset. Um, uh, uh, so I think that's the people policy and pocketbook. Um, the politics, that's a bit of the hard bit, because I think, you know, the let it go or when it, moves from being fast and when it starts to slow down, how you adopt it back in to the, the, the different speed, that's when the politics is. That's when the antibodies come back in because 
you know, you hit the traditional, you know, not invented here or different things. Now, you can get ahead of that, as I said, by partnering certainly with the business. Um, but you've got to be aware of that early on. And you're going to have to work your way through. There's no easy fix, not that we found. Um, so I think that's four or five, five Ps. So, Richard, since a leader uh, in your position uh, is in a way responsible for setting the vision and allowing people to believe in themselves and taking them to a point where the rest of the things look easier, where do you think as part of us moving to the two-speed or multi-speed IT model, what contribution could leader have or what? how would they have to think and and lead differently in order for us to get there again because they're also responsible for the end result. I think very important to set that leader's intent right up front and to put some guardrails, guide rails in place to be very clear, as clear as one can be with a broad vision, but to have the vision aligned with where the industry is headed that you serve because at the end of the day, your business is serving that industry and then being aligned with the C-suite team and so on through the organization. So to me, as a leader, it is about, though, creating an environment where people can be successful and providing air cover as required because what we've been talking about this morning is it's a little bit out there for some organizations and for others, you're living the dream on a day-to-day basis where you do have folks that are pushing the envelope. And... Having the right people in there, as we've talked about, this isn't for everyone in terms of creating groups that are going to challenge the norm perhaps or enable a business line to take things on that traditionally would have been in the remit of an IT group. And so having individuals that are resourceful, can-do attitude-driven, can think out of the box, intelligent, the mindset, those attributes tend to be given attributes that can be somewhat developed, but they're very difficult to create from scratch. And so getting the right uh, individuals in there and then framing it such that they can actually be successful. It doesn't mean that the challenge isn't large. But as a leader, if you've got those guide guide rails in place and then setting the team free to execute, regardless of the outcome, the outcome may be cannibalizing the IT organization. I'm okay with that. Um, It may be that the the whole concept didn't work. Maybe fabulously successful. Uh, Gavin has had a share of success in some of the things that we've tried. But it's tough on those front lines. And so from my vantage point, what, uh, much like bringing up children, you try to create that environment where they can be successful, they can be creative, they can be themselves, but at the same time, they can be great citizens inside the company driving towards the end game that we all share, which is ultimately business success. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you both, Richard and Gavin, for sharing your thoughts on why IT should move at two speeds. We discussed about even other speeds. However, the end goal is, again, as uh, Richard rightly closed, is uh, business success. So thank you so much again, both of you. Thank you, Sanjog. Thank you, Sanjog. And listeners, hope you enjoyed the conversation. Please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. 
To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Please join Sun Joke All next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another hour of CIO Talk Radio on the Voice America Business Channel. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid.